Hello, everybody. This is the Lonely Guy, Steve Center, from the center of the known universe, Indianapolis, Indiana. You're listening to the Theories of Adulting podcast, the show that explores various theories of human motivation to explain the how, the what, and most importantly, the why of people's behavior. This podcast is for learners who love understanding people and why they do the strange things they do. Okay, welcome to Theories of Adulting. We are going to be talking about stages of change. Is there a more fascinating topic? (laughs) Well, obviously I'm saying that a little tongue-in-cheek. I have another podcast called Losing Weight with the Lonely Guy. I have issues with weight and have for most of my adult life. And I got thinking about what stopped me from doing a better job of losing weight. Everybody has things they need to do better. It doesn't have to be weight loss, although for many Americans it is, but it could be getting up earlier or going to bed earlier or quitting smoking or taking our medicine every day or dealing with our temper or on and on and on, right? Everybody has their things and everybody knows what they're supposed to do. I mean, you may not know exactly how to do it. And that can certainly be a challenge. In talking to people, it is not uncommon for people to be acutely aware of whatever thing they need to do differently. In fact, oftentimes they're more aware than anybody else of how badly they need to change. Okay, so I want to go through and explain stages of change. I don't want to use a ton of words to do it. I want to make it succinct, but I also want to make it where people can really use this. I I want this to be something a person walks away from this information and they could start to recognize themselves in it. I'm going to use an analogy of math. People have a tendency when you talk about behavior change to think in terms of good and bad, that dichotomy. Good means I guess you would be doing better, you'd be making changes, you'd be improving. Bad, you're not. That is a very black and white way of thinking about change and thinking about decision making. And that is not very helpful toward people who are actually struggling with whatever thing they're struggling with. Back when I taught psychology, I asked the students, how many of you smoke? And students would raise their hand, however many. And I'd say, well, here's something you may not know. Smoking causes cancer. And I would just wait and everybody'd start laughing because of course they all knew it caused cancer. In other words, there wasn't a knowledge deficit there. They knew that smoking was bad for them. They knew that they should quit smoking. They knew at least some of the potential health risks, if not all of them. Lack of knowledge was not the issue. If we want to help people change, we have to do something beyond just tell them they have to change. I don't really know how much overlap there is from one podcast to the other, but anyone who listens to my Losing Weight with the Lonely Guy podcast will hear me say that a, something, and it is frustrating if you're a fat person, that skinny people often feel like they need to point out to fat people that they're fat or else maybe they won't know it. Well, we do know it. So again, as we're talking through these stages of change, this is really about readiness to change. And so using our analogy of math that I had mentioned, rather than it being good or bad, think of it in terms of if you sat down and you're working with a kid and they were in fourth grade math, you would say, all right, well, our goal then is to move through fourth grade into fifth grade. You wouldn't sit down with somebody doing fourth grade math and say, this is ridiculous. We're throwing this away and we're just going to start on calculus. At the same time, you wouldn't talk to somebody who's doing fourth grade math and say, all right, let's go back to second grade and really shore that up. There wouldn't be a reason to do. And so stages to change kind of follow that idea 
that you want to recognize the stage someone is in and you want to work with them in and through that stage, moving toward the next stage of change as opposed to necessarily some kind of end goal. So we start off with a stage called pre-contemplation, and this just means the person does not know there's a problem. In my working with people, I have seen very few people who are in the pre-contemplation state of change. Most people know that they've got an issue or another, but we don't have to, right? And certainly there are times when people think they're doing something really well, and it kind of comes out of left field, and they go, oh my gosh, I'm not doing that well. One area that we might see that in is how people are treating others. It'd be very, very easy for me to think of a guy who thought he was really nice. And then at some point, maybe for him to realize, oh, I am not as nice as I thought I was. Or this thing that I'm doing isn't nice the way I thought it was. Now, one way you might be able to tell that somebody's in the pre-contemplative stage is if they are presented with that information, they might have one of two responses. They might have like an epiphany, like, oh my goodness. Or they might be passively disinterested, thinking that it really does not apply to them. Pre-contemplative stage is not something most of us will experience with people. It's a stage you might be in. It's a stage other people might be in. But it's not generally a stage that people talk a lot about. Or you'd really have to be delusional, right? To be really, really, really heavy and be like, I look like Mr. Olympia. I mean, at that point, we're, we've got almost like a body dysmorphic kind of situation. But once a person recognizes there's a problem, then they're in the contemplative state of change. And this is just that. They're, they're just contemplating the need to change. They're not actually changing. <laughs> they might have somebody who says, yes, I should quit smoking. I'm not, I'm not going to work on that right now. Yes, I need to get to work on time. So in order to do that, I need to leave 10 minutes earlier every day. I remember I had a group... But I ran with a bunch of teenagers and I encouraged them to get there five minutes earlier. They were there just about five minutes late every day. And I said, if you got here on time, we could start on time. And the sentiment around the room was, yeah, we, we probably should do that, but we're definitely not going to. Okay. I mean, like, like I understood where they were at. So if I have somebody who's in that contemplative state of change, my goal is to get them through that and to do it in a way that's really supportive because it doesn't work to be mean and demeaning. If looking in front of the mirror and calling yourself ugly and fat caused you to lose weight, I would be very slender that it does not work. And so when somebody's in that contemplative state of change, they're being pretty open about the fact that they're not ready to do it differently. And I've got kids and I talk to them about various things and I I'm a warrior, so I might worry about X, Y, or Z, and I'll talk to them about it. And they always know why I'm talking to them, and they always know what I'm talking about. But most of the time, they are not ready to do whatever thing I would like to get them to do. <laughs> I mean, I'm a dad, right? So I want them to do it. But what I have to do then is whatever, when they're in the contemplative stage of change, I just mentioned to them some reason they might want to change. But again, I'm very gentle. I'm very kind. I would never say to my kids, you know, you're going to end up all alone. No one's going to like you. Instead, talk about something and mention the consequence, but do it in a very nice way, not a mean way. Being mean does not help people change. Absolutely does not. If a person's in the contemplative stage of change, they are not ready to change. And so our goal isn't for them to change. 
it's to move them to where they're getting ready to change. Because in contemplation, they're not getting ready to change. They're not doing anything differently. They acknowledge it's a thing. How much they embrace that it's an issue it depends on the situation and the person and the thing. They're not preparing to change. We would like to get them to a place or ourselves to a place where we're preparing to change. That's the next step. That's moving from fourth grade to fifth grade math. That preparation stage where we're preparing to change is a good place for people to be at. Now, as a mental health therapist, overwhelmingly, the people that I saw were in this preparation stage of change. I mean, they're coming to therapy. Even if they were coming for court-ordered groups, there were things they wanted to do better. And it was easy to see not only that they wanted to do better, but what those things were. They weren't ready yet. They weren't ready for the big commitment because action is a lot of work, but that's okay because, again, we just are recognizing now we're in fifth grade math and we're not mad at somebody. We're not yelling at kids for being in fifth grade math. We're not saying, oh, you are so stupid. Why aren't you in sixth grade math? That would not work. And I hope we wouldn't. I really hope we wouldn't do that anyway. But instead, we are helping them learn the things that people need to learn, get through fifth grade math now. We're helping people get through the preparation stage of change. And as a therapist, that's a big part of my job is people who want to do better. They're not 100% sure where to start. They're not 100% sure they feel ready. And so we kind of were, I kind of would work with them to help them realize where they were and what would be the right starting place and what What's actually going on in their life that they feel like they need to address and you know, these kind of things. But what we were really working on in terms of, if we we're going to say psych theory, would be recognizing we're in the preparation stage of change where we're preparing to change and getting ready to move into that action stage. And the action stage is where we actually change. So for our example, let's think of the action stage as sixth grade math. In the action stage, the person is very motivated. How that manifests itself can be sometimes quite amusing in that you'll get somebody who, you know, they've eaten poorly for 20 years. They've kind of worked themselves up. They've gone through contemplation. They've gone through preparation. They've worked hard. They've gotten prepared. Now they're in that action stage and they're really starting to do something. And they might come across as very condescending to other people. <laughs> they, they might come across as really preachy. And I have certainly been there with various things. And I imagine we all can think of maybe ourselves when we've been excited about something new or other people when they're excited about something new. Now, if we're a friend of that person, hopefully we're extending them some grace because we understand they're, they're just excited about, about what's different. For ourselves, hopefully we can extend ourselves some grace if we're in that action stage because now we want to change. We might look back at ourselves in the contemplative stage where we were just kind of thinking about yeah, at some point I probably should lose some weight or yeah, at some point in the future, I probably should quit smoking. We might look back at that and think, oh man, I was such a loser. Why did, why was I so weak? Why didn't I understand how great this would be? Because when somebody's changing, they feel really good. Uh, there, there might be an initial burst of a lot fewer pounds or if they're playing the guitar, they might, you know, really pick up some skills very quickly because they playing for hours you know, it's new, it's exciting. And this is when change is exciting. And this is when that process of 
making change. And again, if you're thinking about the podcast that I've got, you know, losing weight with the lonely guy, I have been thinking this last week about why I have not lost more weight. I've only lost one pound. And if you go through the, I talk all about this in that podcast, my sister died and that was the worst thing that's ever happened to me as an adult, uh, maybe ever in my whole life. And so understanding that that going on, I wasn't able to be in an action stage where I was really committed and excited to doing little things to lose weight. I was not able to be there as I was grieving my sister's death. So I would say that at this moment, I am in the preparation stage of change where I'm preparing to get ready to change. I'm preparing to do some things. I'm looking around, thinking about how one food could replace another food. That would be healthier. That would be fewer calories. You know, I'm thinking about, you know, what the next step would look like. Now, I will tell you that if you, if you pay attention to your body and you pay attention to your behavior over a long period of time, you will discover some of this is biological. February is a month where I tend to spend a lot of energy in the prep preparation stage of change because I know the weather's gonna break in a few weeks. And when the weather breaks, I'm going to wanna be outside, I'm going to wanna be working in the yard, I'm gonna wanna be hiking. These are all things I love doing. I can't wait to go fishing. I don't like being outside when it's cold, but it's not cold that long here where I live. And so historically going back many years, February tends to be a month where I'm kind of getting myself ready. I think it must be somewhat biological because part of the reason that I kind of have to go through that is because, you know, I get the winter blues every year. If we're paying attention, and this is why everybody should be paying attention to themselves as adults. They should be keeping some notes about how they're feeling throughout the year. If you've got a partner, that can really be helpful. My wife and I both, we're coming up on 25 years this summer of being married and we've been together for more than 30. We know each other and our cycles and what it takes to be excited or not excited about something. Going back, there's the pre-contemplation. You're not even ready to admit there's a problem. Contemplation, there's a problem, but you're not ready to really deal with it. Preparation, you want to deal with it, but you're kind of getting yourself ready. You're getting your body ready. You're getting your mind ready. You might even be getting some of your resources ready. I did find myself going into a drawer where I keep my my workout clothes uh, just last week and making sure I had a couple of workout outfits. I did not work out. But again, that's a common thing I do in the preparation stage of change. When we get into that action stage of change, then we will find ourselves very motivated. And as I said, we might drive other people crazy because we're so motivated. Well, that's that's the action stage. There is that kind of condescension and that kind of lording it over other people. But there's also, partly we're doing that because we feel so great. Like this is how we should be all the time. It's important when we're in that action stage of change that we just recognize in ourselves and others that I just want people to be happy the way that we're happy right at this moment. It's, it's, it is a type of kindness. It just doesn't always feel like it. When we go through and we have changed long enough, it becomes permanent. Uh, this is why would, when my clients would get to that place, I would start emphasizing to them, you know, what are the habits you're going to take out of this time? What is the habit that you're going to do? We, what we take with us 
we can can make permanent and then we're in kind of a maintenance phase where we're just you know okay we've made this change this change and this change and that's going to be the permanent status that we're in but we probably won't be at this super high level of doing everything amazing for the rest of our life that's just not how human beings work and in fact i'm not even sure if emotionally most people could handle doing that like, I mean, I think there's one of the reasons we regress is because human beings kind of have to regress. And so as part of the action slash maintenance phase, you're going to have relapses. You're going to have times where you go back to old behaviors. A relapse is something that makes people feel very bad about themselves. I know that's true, but relapse is really just a part of the, the process of change. And what we should do out of that is just do some introspection. All right, I smoked. I haven't smoked for two months and I had a cigarette. What happened? What was the stressor? What was the catalyst? Was it a person I was around? Was it a place? Was there something that happened when I do that? And when something happens in the future, what will I do to prepare myself for an eventuality like that? And again, then we're resorting to the habits that we uh, were building through the action and the maintenance phase of change. Here's what I've learned after doing this on a lot of different things with a lot of people for a lot of years. If we start looking at this, it's not about success and failure. That's very binary. But instead, we start looking at our attempts to do things as almost like experiments. So if you want to boil water, you put water in a pan and you put it on a heat source. And for whatever reason, it doesn't boil. You don't say to yourself, oh my gosh, I'm the worst. I'm so fat and ugly and stupid and nobody will ever love me. None of those things are actually why the water didn't boil. It didn't boil because perhaps you didn't actually have it on 212 degrees or perhaps it just wasn't on the heat source long enough. That's totally different. And it doesn't have anything to do with our value as a person. It's just Oh, this didn't work. So when we start thinking about what we're doing in terms of an experiment, like, okay, attempt one to boil water didn't work. And after looking through it, I think it's because I don't think I had the temperature up high enough. Then we stop hating ourselves. We stop berating ourselves becomes much more analytical and getting away from the emotionality of the situation is very helpful when it comes to change because our tendency is to despise ourselves. That's a normal state for a lot of people. It's not the state that we want to, at least it's not the state I want anyone to be in. Okay. So did a 10 second recap pre-contemplation to contemplation to preparation, to action, to maintenance, and then that relapse in the action maintenance phase. And when we're trying to change, we need to first identify what stage we're in, and then we need to work on moving through that stage to get to the next stage. We don't really worry about the end goal while we're going through these stages of change because we really have to grow in order. We have to do things the right way. And if we do, we are much more likely to change in ways that are permanent as well as positive. Thank you for spending time with The Lonely Guy. In addition to Lonely Guy with a Book, Steve has podcasts Losing Weight with The Lonely Guy, Theories of Adulting, From the Beginning, a Doctor Who Review, and a complete review of the Arrowverse universe with his 
beautiful wife, the lonely gal. If you want to read Steve's column, you can find that on medium.com with the username at MYLDSBooks. If you'd like to reach Steve, you can reach him at MYLDSBOOKS. That is MYLDSBooks at gmail.com. Until next time, signing off.